Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of Dream Chasers and Wealth Makers and another episode of the Zanbergen Report. Glad to be back in the virtual studio today, again with a repeat guest, Mr. Lee Goldberg, super attorney. At three subjects, I narrowed it down to two, but hopefully we get through both. One is new legislation in January of 2020 called AB5, and it has to do with 1099 contract workers versus W-2. And some people are saying that's like Armageddon. This is like the end of the world for a contract workers. I've heard the same, and especially it seems to impact the most like the Uber and Lyft drivers, which kind of interesting that it's uh, that they would be under that sort of jurisdiction. But so Lee will fill us in much more on that. And then the other subject, if we can get through that, is on business exiting, business exit strategies. So Lee has done a lot of work with, with those who are getting ready to sell their company at some point, and we're in really unprecedented times. So we have some really great points for that. All right, let's do this. Lee, welcome. Thank you, Bart. Good to have you back, my friend. Oh, believe me, with all this craziness and Michigan going on out here, it's nice to actually have a sense of normalcy and be back with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, I've already kind of done the prep work. We've had you have such a wealth of knowledge, and I, I refer to you lovingly as the junkyard dog, because you can do everything. You do it great. But the the two things that I really like to focus on, I think, are the the AB five, and then um, you wrote a great paper on business exit strategy. So let's maybe cover AB5. Let's see how far we get. And then let's let's kind of close. Um, so I think the business exit strategies and planning would be a great uh, for our guests. How does that sound? That sounds great to me, Bart. However you'd like to do it, I'm happy to uh, walk through whatever right. uh, you'd like to talk about. So with regards to AB5, I know that came into effect January 1st of this year. And um, it did get a lot of publicity, especially from the Uber and Lyft drivers. And then, of course, COVID came along, and, and um, I've heard less of it, although it's still a very important new legislature. Tell, you know, I know there's that, that ABC test or the three-prong test. Why don't you give us kind of a background rundown and, and then um, maybe your, your, your opinion of it? Listen, and, and, it, and actually the codification of the new law came into effect January 1 of this year. However, in April of 2018, is when the Dynamex decision came down. That was a unanimous California Supreme Court decision which created a seismic shift in the way businesses classify their employees versus their 1099 contractors. And it basically, like you mentioned, uh, created what we are lovingly or hatingly calling the ABC test. And the ABC test is basically a three-prong test, like any other three-prong test in the law, um, where you have to satisfy all three prongs of that test before the person that you hire can be considered an outside contractor or a 1099 contractor. Otherwise, by default, they are an employee, and the, and the bad thing about that, of course, is once they're an employee, you are subject to all of the California uh, labor laws, which are, are quite onerous in a, lot of, in a lot of ways. I mean, not just the wage and hour laws, 
not just the not just the uh, OSHA laws, not just the uh, other employee-based labor protection act laws and stuff. Um, it, it's also going to cost you more money, if you will, to have a employee because you're going to be paying labor taxes also, which you don't pay with a contractor. So what's the big deal here, Bart? Well, the big yeah. deal here is it, it's it's killing uh, companies that have a structured their their business structures to use independent contractors instead of employees. Um, you pointed to Uber and Lyft. Yes, it hugely affects the gig economy. Everybody was up in arms about it at the beginning of the year. Uh, I was restructuring lots of companies. I was preparing new 1099 agreements for everybody. And you are absolutely right. COVID hit and everybody forgot about it. Well, almost everybody forgot about it. <laughs> not the government? <laughs> not the government. Not the state of California. I, I will tell you at the height of COVID in about March or so, maybe April, at the height of COVID, when businesses are being closed down, it's in the middle, and literally in the middle of Governor, Governor Gavin Newsom's um, shelter-in-place orders, meaning everybody was closed down except for the essential industries. The, the courts were closed, Bart, yet the state of California, the attorney, the city attorneys for Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego all decided to join in when courts were closed and file their action against Uber and Lyft to force them to reclassify their employees. Okay. Um, if, if that's not enough evidence for you that the state of California is, is pushing forward and really couldn't care less what the economic problems you have, you're facing, they, they just brought their first enforcement action, uh, last month or the month before against a mobile car wash company, uh, located up in, you know, uh, the North County, Orange County. Well, and it's a company of 100 employees. It's not like the thousands of employees that they're trying to make a point with with Lyft. This is a 100-employee company, and they went after them. This is just foreboding of things to come. And and I am of the position, get your, get your, get your house in order. You've got to. So something that I've noticed just in, I was going to say in life, but at least in, in our country, it, it seems that things – there is a pendulum, right? And it, it'll swing from one extreme to another extreme. Um, you know, like, here's an example. During the financial crisis, prior to financial crisis, you could get money, you could print money, right? Um, after the financial crisis, didn't matter what you earned, didn't matter what your net worth was, you could not get money. So that's an example of the pendulum swinging. It, it feels to me, I'm, I'm just stating an opinion here, but it feels to me that Maybe this is starting to swing on the really extreme side. I don't know if you're allowed to have an opinion as an attorney on this, but <laughs> I mean, it, it is. Uh, let me rephrase that: if you're allowed to voice your opinion as an attorney, but it seems to me that there are some obvious things. I, I, I look at someone like the Uber drivers, like, hey, they don't have to show up uh, at a job that has a phone that tells that they have to answer. They they could work for Uber and Lyft, and they could be doing other things. That to me kind of feels like, you know, independent contractor. What's going on? Well, that's just your instincts are really good, Bart. 
Um, there is a pendulum swing going on. It, this is, and, and if you think that this is not a long-term pendulum swing, you got to think again. I mean, we, this was a, a unanimous vote in a tortured 82-page opinion by a Supreme Court to come to the conclusion that people that do exactly what you described with Uber and Lyft, where they have a choice of whether they want to work or not, when they have a choice of, of who they pick up or they don't pick up, which would seemingly be an independent contractor, the reason why they are not independent contractors under the new law is because they fail the second prong, which is the most deadly prong of the three-prong test. And the second prong of the test is that your alleged or proposed independent contractor does not deliver your company's service to the consumer or the buyer. To give you an example, Uber and Lyft are saying, hey, look, we're not a ride company. We don't provide rides. All we do is provide a, a digital platform for people who want rides to hook up with people who give rides. Well, that sounds really Nice, right? It sounds like it's an independent contractor. It's all how you define delivering the direct service. Because to give you an example, in that case that I just described to you, where the state of California and three city attorneys went after Uber and Lyft, just last week or the week before, the court in that case, it's the San Francisco Superior Court, but the court in that case ruled on a preliminary injunction finding for the state and the city's attorneys saying, Uber and Lyft, you have to reclassify your independent contractors as employees in this state. Now, that, that order, that it was stayed. Um, that means it was, it was told, it was hold, held off for 10 days to allow Uber and Lyft to appeal, and they're going to appeal that. But when you give out, when a court gives out a preliminary injunction, that preliminary injunction means it's more likely than not that the person that they hand that preliminary injunction to will win. And what they did in saying this was, no Uber and Lyft, you're not a digital platform, you're not a gig economy company, what you are is a rideshare company, and your uh, driver's are supplying the direct service of the ride to the customers. And that's why you fail prong two, and that's why they should be employees. I will give you my opinion. I am allowed to have an opinion, Mark. All right. Uh, this, is, this, this, this is a just another step, another, another chink in, yeah. in a, a progression to a continuing um, anti-business establishment in the state of California for the benefit uh, or the alleged benefit or what have you of the um, citizenry of California. However, there's a large portion of the citizenry that that doesn't want to be controlled in that manner. And, and, And frankly, businesses are moving out of the state as a result. Uh, of all of the things, the Cal OSHA rules, the regulations, the the costs of doing business in this state, 
the 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 workers comp problems in this state <clears throat> the other claims and issues in this state that literally i i just uh, honestly uh, you were talking about prepping a business for for uh, exit strategy as part of an exit strategy um what we did was we compared what the company's EBITDA would be if the company were operating in in Alabama or Texas, and we got all of the appropriate um, 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 statements and uh, uh, about you know all the taxes we'd save and they pay for a move and everything. The bottom line was it's about 26 to 31 percent less expensive to operate in another state than it is in California. Wow. At least for this business. At least for this business, which is a manufacturing so business. So you just so said something yes, that I was actually not... You just said something that I was not aware of. I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, I, for some reason, was under the um, um, opinion, not opinion, but um, premise that AB5 was national, not just California. So you're saying those laws just apply in California? Or, and, or yeah, other states. Yeah. Other states. AB5 is, AB5 is Assembly Bill 5. That's what AB5 stands for. And it, and it's currently codified in California Labor Code Section 2750.3. Okay? Those are California laws. Those are California, um, um, requirements, uh, and categorizations for you to do business with employees or independent contracts in this state, I will tell you two things about that, however. Number one, the last I looked at, there were, well, when I first started looking at it, there were eight states. Now it looks like 13 states are considering similar legislation. That's number one. Got it. Why are they considering that legislation? Think about it. If you have more control over how employment works in your state, it means you control more money. It's, it's that simple. And that's the way I have to look at it. I, I don't look at it as it's a social good of what they're trying to do with these employees versus independent contractors because both the employer and the independent contractor wants to be independent contractor and employee. I mean, employer. Yeah. Okay? They don't want yeah. to become employees. Yet the state is forcing them into that situation or close down your business if you can't operate it with a higher cost of employees, and they don't care. So, yes, it's a California thing. Yes, it's a typical, it, it's another roadblock that California puts on businesses, another burden that California puts on businesses to operate in the state of California. But please understand this has gained traction because they see, the other states see how much money it can be. To give you an example, if, if, if you increase your employees in a state by, say, 50%, what, what's going on? You're increasing your tax revenues on employment taxes. You're increasing the revenues that are being paid for state disability. You're increasing the revenues for Medi-Cal that are all yeah. coming into the state coffers. That's the part of what's going on here. I'm not going to say it's everything, but it's certainly part of what's going on with every state now. Lee, what advice would you give to a business slash business owner 
that's that's kind of going through this process right now. Maybe they they pay 10.99 and and they're they're questioning that, and or they're going to start a new company and they got to figure out how they're going to pay their people. Is there any is there any advice that that you can give, or is it just there's no choice? Everyone's W2 basically. Oh no no no! We always have choices, Bart. My goodness, I wouldn't have a job if we didn't have choices. <laughs> Um, listen, the first thing you have to do is is evaluate or have professionally evaluated, either with a lawyer or there are a lot of amazing HR companies out there, independent HR companies, HR professionals. Have them evaluate what you're doing. If you're starting out, uh, you're, you're in a hundred times better position than the people who have established businesses. Because if you're starting out, you can structure things in all sorts of interesting and creative ways. All right. Um, if you're in a situation where you're in the middle of it and you, you have independent contractors, the first thing you got to look at, Bart, you're a business person, right? So the first thing you got to look at is what is my potential exposure? If you have independent contractors and you're paying $10,000 a year to independent contractors, your exposure is pretty low. The exposure is not going to end your company. What I try to, what my thumbnail is, when you get a bill from the state, uh, um, the initial bill will be about 50 to 60% of what you paid out. Okay? Because you're going to get the bill for all the taxes. You're going to get the bill for for a 30% penalty for non-payment. You're going to get the bill for the interest. All of that is going to add up to about 50%. So if you have an independent contractor or two and you're only paying at $10,000 a year, Mark, small risk. The cure, the, the cure is worse than the than the ill. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But if you have a million, if you have a million dollar, I won't call you can't call it payroll, but million dollar uh, cost, that, that that now we're talking some money. Now we're talking real dollars. And by the way, they can look back four years. So understand oh. that if you paid a million dollars a year over four years, you may be facing a two million dollar bill. Now that could put an end to your company. All right. Sure. There's lots of things we can do with that. Um, there's lots of ways to negotiate that. There's lots of ways to address that. But the bottom line is it's going to cost you to do all of that, okay, and to deal with all of that. So what do you want to do? If you've made an evaluation that you have a significant exposure, that exposure can be addressed in any number of ways, either by restructuring the company or 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 finding the, one of the myriad of exceptions in AB5 that we can fashion that your independent contractors can fit into. And if they're highly paid independent contractors, I typically, for my clients who are the companies, require those independent contractors to give representations and warranties and indemnities that they are, in fact, properly classified as independent contractors that they will, uh, on all of them, that they will pay their taxes, which can, by the way, offset that bill that I was talking about. Um, and the last thing 
if they really are a highly paid independent contractor. I mean, they're making a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year as an independent contractor from you. Um, I will also require insurance for that indemnity, meaning that independent contractor can disappear to Bora Bora after he's made his or she's made their $300,000 a year from you for the last four years, got $1.2 million in their pocket, and they took off to a beautiful, sunny uh, island where you're never going to find them again. And all of a sudden, the state comes back at you for the last four years. Well, I'm going to have an insurance company to turn to and say, oh, by the way, guys, you breached that indemnity and you guys need to pay up. All right. Those are the types of things we can do to protect these companies. And those are the things you have to do to protect your company. Hey, Bart, can Uh, I pipe in and ask a question here? Yeah, you you got one and I got one and we're out of time. So you go, then I go. Okay. Um, Lee's talking about the impact on companies who employ uh, independent contractors. I'm more worried about the impact on independent contractors, which I've been most of my life, uh, with this new decision. Will they be cut off? Will companies just say, I don't want to handle this mess, particularly out-of-state uh, entities that have previously used independent contractors within the state here? Are they just going to say, the heck with it, we'll go find them somewhere else? Wow. My goodness gracious. That's Big question. Insightful. That's a very insightful question. It's a really good question. Here's the thing. I've dealt with all of those issues. All right. I represent service industries and service professionals also. And that's what we're really talking about. If you're selling a widget, that's not what you're buying a widget. You're not buying the service. Okay. So that's not the issue. So I do represent these service professionals. I do, uh, I have from time to time had to reestablish a relationship between that independent contractor and the company that they were hiring for them and give them the assurances and everything because, yes, companies are cutting people off. I don't want to talk about anything specific, but I will tell you, I know lawyers that lecture in various colleges and they, or, or for various um, law enforcement, uh, training them in the law that they need to know, well, all of those, those people got fired. Not because they don't need that training, not because that training is not great, but because they, these institutions did not want to take a risk that they were hiring independent contractors that should have been deemed employees. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to have a chilling effect. That is happening, but what I'm doing, and I've been very successful at, is saving those service professionals by going to their companies that are employing them and say, hey, how about if if, if I make these reps and warranties to you, I give the indemnity, I'll show you where I qualify and do this. I'll even prepare, meaning the professional, spend the money to prepare the engagement agreement that shows all of these things and you'll be covered. Wow. I've got I've had limited success in that, but I've had success with that. Okay? So and yes, I'll, yes. I'll add something there, Paul, to your point side. and and Lee, you'll remember it wasn't that long ago that I that I re- referred you or actually discussed about a case. It was just that someone who I know it was was working ten ninety nine and their employer said, look 
I can't do that anymore. I'm going to have to make you W-2. And so you, we talked about some potential solutions for this person. But so it is happening, Paul. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's the untold, uh, the other side of the coin that most people aren't worried about or talking about. They're talking about the impact on companies. I get it. But the independent contractor market is huge, particularly in states like California, you know. Let, 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 um, I know we're basically out of time, but I'm going to throw in one more. Is that okay? Yeah, Paul? yeah please. Go ahead. We don't get we don't get people like we don't get the great Lee Goldberg in here that often, so we got to pick his brain here. Right. So Lee, I'm going to play the other side. So what what I have heard is um, of of situations where someone is working 1099. They uh, they were they, they were either let go or they left for whatever the case is, and whether they did it on purpose or it was inadvertently, they went to try to collect unemployment. Mm. And you know what happens next, right? So then the um, the state looks at that and says, wait a minute, you were paid 1099. Let me find out about what you were doing, what your services were. And then they go back to the employer and the employer gets dinged and penalized and has to pay and all this other stuff. It's, what, what can you say about that? Look, everybody says and jokes around saying, Hey, look, the way I structure this is my first offer to the government. Okay? And if they catch me, they catch me. I've heard this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And But they think that the only way that they catch you is if they do an audit, if the EDD or FTB do an audit. Well, I, I, I'd like you to wake up because the scenario that you just described is one of five or six scenarios that will happen. Let me... Absolutely, that's one of them. That's one of the major ones. Whether and most of the time, it's done inadvertently. And and I'll tell you this right now, it has happened a lot. And here's why: because now with COVID, there was a whole thing that if you were an independent contractor, you might be still able to get unemployment. Well, the minute you file for that, they're going to look at it and go, "Were you an independent contractor or were you an employee?" And then they will come after the company if they feel like there's a reason to do so. The other way that this happens, what happens when your independent contractor falls down, not on your premises, somewhere else, and then files for workers' comp? There's gotta be, there is no workers' comp unless you're an employee. Well, somebody's going to want to determine them to be an employee because then the estate administers it. And now, all of a sudden, the the labor commissioner then comes after you. The enforcement division comes after you because somebody made a workers' comp claim. What about a wage and hour claim? What about somebody that goes to the labor department, feels like you've cheated them in some manner? It doesn't matter that your contract says that they're getting $125 an hour. They put in 8.2 hours, and you paid them for 8.2 hours. If they think for some reason they were not, something unfair happened, you come into some dispute, they file a wage and hour claim with the labor department, and the labor department is going to come in and take a look and go, well, you know, we don't find that you paid them improperly with respect to that, but this guy was supposed to be an employee. So we're going to assess you all of that, uh, all, all of that back taxes and penalties and all of that too. Every time Lee's on the show, my head starts hurting. Yeah, <laughs> my my pocketbook starts hurting. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah, well, these uh, are the things we can protect against, guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. if you ask me for the list of horribles, I, I can, boy, oh, boy, I can paint a picture that scare any business out of the state of California. Hmm. But not the businesses that look at it and say, okay, let's address what we can address and take care of it and take advantage of the amazing markets that we have in California. That's really the choice that, that's, that we're doing right now. So, Lee, as, as we are out of time, let everyone know how they can reach you so that they can stay out of trouble and um, <laughs> and, and, and good standing. So um, why don't you give them your contact info? Sure, sure. I, I'm, I'm of counsel, which just really means I'm an old dude. Uh, I am of counsel at Ford and Julio here in Costa Mesa. Um, we're at 640 Town Center Drive, Suite uh, 750, 760, I'm sorry, uh, Costa Mesa 92626. Phone number is 949-395-4911. And my email is lgoldberg, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G, at Ford, as in the car, Julio, that's D-I-U-L-I-O, Great. And I got some good news, bad news. Mm. So start with the bad news. The bad news is we didn't get to the the second subject about exit strategies. And I knew we wouldn't. I was, that was, that was uh, like unreasonable thinking. The good news is we have to have Lee back again. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) See, there's a silver lining. It would be my pleasure, gentlemen. Well, Lee, it was great having you on the show. I'm sorry to the audience for the uh, kind of the rough start, but I think we made it through. I'll have a better microphone next time as well. Um, Thank you, everyone. Look forward to being back in the studio next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, guys. You have a great week. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc., and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc. under SEC registration.